The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Today, I am really happy to be joined by Fialene Rabo, who is the COO at Descartes Underwriting. Descartes are a climate risk insurtech headquartered in Paris, France, but working very much on an international basis. Welcome to the show, Violaine. It's great to have you today. It's great to be here. Hi, Nick. Great to see. I know we've been looking to set this up for a while now, so really looking forward to hearing more about the work you're doing there at Descartes there and some of those initiatives too. Before we move on to that though, Violaine, as we are in the insurance coffee house this morning, it's mid-morning there in Paris, slightly earlier here in the UK today. What's your coffee of choice today? What's my coffee choice? Um, well, we're a company with a lot of Italian staff, both in the data team, uh, tech team and office management team. So we don't really have a choice when it comes to coffee and we have to obey by Italian rules. So uh, the only coffee we can have, at least publicly, uh, is a Ristretto with first quality Italian coffee brand. We are an international company here. Almost 50% of our staff is not French. It's great and very energizing to see yeah. all that diversity of, of talents and coffee habits, I have to say. Violaine, great to have you on the show, like you said. Would you mind by starting off sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your background, your career journey, what's led you to your position now there at Descartes? Absolutely, with great pleasure. Well, I've been working in the corporate insurance world for um, more than 10 years now, mostly in several places around the world, in, in Germany, in, in France, in Dubai for, for a few years too. I've been working at, at Swiss Re as well for a few years. I was deeply, deeply trained and influenced by large corporate and in a sense traditional trends. So moving to Descartes was a, a bold choice, but at the same time, one I was fully convinced with that traditional insurance was ripe to be challenged by new ways of addressing the uh, challenge of the century for our generation, which is the climate challenge that we're all facing. And before joining the insurance world, I was trained as an engineer and an actuary. So uh, this doesn't make the choice of insurance too original. <laughs> it seems like quite a natural choice for you there. We talk a little bit about, do you have very much a corporate insurance background previously, you know, working at some of the biggest insurance companies in the world. Was it really that you were seeing that opportunity from the inside, your experience of inside the insurance business, you could really identify that opportunity to start something different and to actually make a really big impact by having that knowledge of, of what those companies are doing and the challenges they have? Well, I think it's a great place to, to learn first. And I think that the, the, those insurance companies have, have built a very uh, um, sound technical way of doing business. And it, it's a great place to learn. 
one thing they do, and it's in their DNA, is that generalist in the sense that their core business is to cover both a fire, machinery breakdown, a business interruption, and natural risks. But what we have seen in the past decades, and perhaps even more so in the past two decades, since the year 2000 or so, is a very, very quick and visible increase in natural risks and natural catastrophes. And two decades is quite short in the history of the industry. You have to, to keep in mind that most tariffs were built during the second half of the 20th century. They have evolved since then, of course, because the industry has evolved and supply chains have evolved, etc. But not as fast as consequence that climate risks have had on economies and large corporates. What, what I really strongly believe today is that we are in a very ripe moment to combine both new data capabilities, satellites, imaging, sensors, connected data sets, etc., to those new climate risks in order to really offer something more relevant and more appropriate for today's challenges around natural risks to corporate clients. Fantastic. Thank you for that, Felix. And your current position there now as the COO of the business, what's your role there within business? What are you looking to achieve? As a COO, I look after operations, finance, and HR. Last but not least, because we're an industry that's driven by talents. Uh, so uh, we, we need talents, our core assets. I would say something that we are striving to do here is to make sure we are not siloed. So most most traditional insurance companies, because they've been around for centuries, uh, are actually siloed. So you would have modeling on the one side, then underwriting, and then everything related to sales, everything related to marketing, everything related to reinsurance, to claims, etc., all siloed, creating some massive challenges when it comes to data flows and uh, lacks of uh, efficiency. So the rationale we've had around using data to offer a more robust and more relevant insurance product can also be applied to how we handle our processes. This will have a massive impact as well on how quick we can quote a risk while keeping that bespoke tailor-made approach that we've always had, but using more data, we'll be able to do that in a few minutes instead of a few days or weeks. And to be serving much quicker and much more accurate data and services to all the people we work with. So we're at the center of a, let's say, an ecosystem with the insureds First, with our reinsurers and uh, risk carriers, second, and with all other stakeholders being um, the regulator, our fronters, uh, our brokers, etc. Et so we want to um, show these people how quick and responsive we are, how reliable our data is, 
we want to operate in a very efficient manner, which, which from a cost perspective is also uh, quite key uh, in our industry. Where is the business at the moment? If you could give me a snapshot of where the business is now and, and some of those plans for growth that you have. The business is global. We have always worked towards building a global book from day one. And that's quite core to the nature of our business. We couldn't like just open one market and then work to opening another one in the natural catastrophe risk landscape because you need to achieve the right diversification from day one. From day one, we had built our book the same way a global reinsurer would build his book, uh, writing natural catastrophe risks on all five continents. I think after six months, only we we started communicating on the fact that we had risks on all five continents. Wow. So this will range from um, hurricanes in the US, tornadoes, to floods in Europe, to uh, droughts in uh, India, to earthquakes in Japan. We're really building a diversified portfolio, both in terms of perils and uh, geography. And the uh, good thing, if I may use that adjective, is that there will be a need for those risks across all geographies and across uh, all uh, periods of the year. So we never have a slowdown. Our growth is partly fueled by an increase in the need for protection. It's great to see that. And I imagine that that has certainly had some great opportunity there, but also challenges as well, you know, as you're growing, as you start, as you're scaling to do that across five continents rather than picking different geographic regions to start building and scale from there must have had its challenges but also its opportunities as well i think one of the challenges is commercial and this relates to what we do in the on the hr side so we work with brokers they are really our number one partners in the corporate insurance world we work with brokers and we need to be close to them if we want to understand their needs properly and to assist them in how they connect with the corporate clients to address their climate risks. Being as close as possible to our brokers has been our priority as soon as we started expanding across the world. So the first hub we opened was in the US at the end of 2020. We now have six cities in the US with commercial staff. So we have a a very granular mapping of the uh, entire territory. Of course, it's a very diverse territory from California, where you have a lot of um, earthquake risks, wildfire risks, obviously, to uh, Florida, which has been quite severely hit by hurricanes lately. So all across the country, you will find large variety of, of risks. And the, the second region that we opened was Asia in Pacific with two hubs, one in Singapore and one in Sydney, looking after respectively Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand and North Asia. We've just opened Hong Kong and we are now looking into opening Japan. We've also expanded in Europe with uh, London, Frankfurt and uh, Madrid lately, which also serves as our LATAM hub, Latin American hub. The first consequence of wanting to be stronger internationally is to be there actually and be on the ground. You can say anything about, okay, we've been in a lockdown, we know how to operate remotely. 
when you place $200 million to cover a risk, you need that trust to be here. And uh, I'm a strong believer that building trust requires some real contact. So that's what we're building. I know that one thing that's very important to you is about building a company with a purpose and having that at the center of of what you're doing. Would you mind expanding a little bit more about how that applies to Descartes? Maybe how that's helped you build that global team that you have there? First of all, there are many tech companies around, including initial tech companies. Using tech just to produce tech isn't enough to attract the best tech talent today. That's the first reason why we want to put our purpose at the core of what we are doing. It's really the cement that's, that's bringing everyone together. And the same can be said to the hubs we are building abroad. In most hubs that we've opened, we were already present through the London market, for instance, through which we, we were covering some risks and we continue to do so. But still, the brand was relatively new in those hubs. Our purpose has been what has brought people together to join the cars, to join the brand and, and to join the, the global team. So I think, first of all, when it comes to building your international presence and attracting the best talents in the tech space, having a strong climate purpose has been a decisive factor for Descartes. And everyone currently working at Descartes is passionate about climate change and about how what we do has a significant positive impact in making economies and societies more resilient to climate risks. So this is a very strong driver for us, both in understanding those climate risks better and to in offering economies and societies when we work for public-private partnerships the means to be more resilient in the face of climate change. And how do you go about doing that in practice when you're hiring people? Is that very much part of the interview process to really see, really test, to really you know, asking for examples of areas in which they feel that they can demonstrate that passion for preventing climate change and stopping further global warming? Well, I think it goes both ways. So the vast majority of people who apply to work at Descartes have found Descartes thanks to that climate orientation that is quite core in our communication and in our DNA. So we don't even have to, to test them on that because they come because of that. It goes that way rather than the other way around. Yes, definitely. I think when you hire people, there is much more than the, the hard skills. You need to make sure there is a cultural fit with how we operate at Stickers, what drives us. And I think having people who share the same drive is a key element in making sure we uh, keep that same rapid pace that has led us to where we are. Do you find there's a difference between the tech talent that you're hiring and the insurance talent? Are you seeing potentially more people within the, the tech side of things really having that passion, having that you know, real commitment 
to reducing the effects on climate change as opposed to the insurance industry? Do you see any differences there? One thing that I see is that there is a huge focus in the corporate world, and it's a very positive thing, on one side of the problem, which is how do I reduce my net emissions? How do I make sure that as an industry, my impact on the environment is as mm. small as possible? And But how can I make current emissions? So most industries are very aware of that. And at the same time, there is a big blind spot on how am I vulnerable to climate risks? So you can have people who are right on the path of the most devastating hurricanes. They know that hurricanes are getting more frequent and more destructive due to climate change as a consequence of the rising ocean temperature. And yet, they will focus on how they can be more virtuous, contribute less to climate change. And as much as this is a key part of taking responsibility and solving the issue, we need to make sure that they open their other eye and also look at their own vulnerability because saving the economies and making sure our economies are resilient to climate risk is also key to how we will create a stronger society and um, a stronger economy, a stronger country to fight climate risk. Yeah. We won't achieve that if uh, anybody in the coast of the Gulf of Mexico gets wiped out in the next 10 years. It's significant impact on the economy. Obviously, we've seen it with the pandemic over the last few years when huge events like that have the long-term impact yeah. it then also has on the economy, which then feeds through to people's standards of living, everyday life. What initiatives do you have there around building that culture, that purpose? Do you have any sort of internal initiative you have that people really do feel like they're making a difference on a day-to-day basis? We don't have to uh, put in place any particular initiative because that's our job. That's just what we do every day. So everybody at Descartes either models climate risks. I'm in a little booth on the data science floor here at Descartes. And uh, when I look through the door, I only see people uh, coding Python to uh, analyze data. So they have Python script on the left and mm-hmm. footprints of some natural events um, next to the flood uh, board. So they have a lot of flood maps uh, appearing. Mm-hmm. So all of us are deep into understanding, modeling, quoting natural risks. It's there, right? It's what we do on a day-to-day basis. We don't need to put anything additional sort of, of cement on that. It's just it's what we do and it's what we wake up for every morning. And on top of that, we are no different than all these other uh, industrial companies in trying to look at what we emit, how we contribute to, yeah. to climate change and how we can make that better. So we have a number of measures in place and we do communicate a lot to the staff about that. We systematically take the train when we can. If we have to fly, for instance, if our US team needs to travel, we systematically offset any flight with uh, hand-picked programs that have been audited for their uh, reliability. We go uh, um, veggie whenever we have to provide some catering uh, internally. So uh, 
yes, we also look at what we do to uh, uh, limit our emissions and our impact on, on the environment. But when it comes to, okay, what do you put in place so that people think of the climate every day? It's just their job. And uh, it's, it's what we do every, every day, every minute. What have the outcomes been? Do you think it's been easier to attract talent, to retain talent because of that quite a unique purpose and something that you know a lot of people are looking for, but there's not a great opportunity in the wider insurance market to be involved in a cause and working for a company like yours. Do you think it helps you attract the top talent? Oh, yes, definitely. It's more than that, it, it helps us attract the top talents and it's also why they stay because they're building something that yeah. will have a, a positive impact on economies at the global scale. Top talents won't join a company just for the uh, quality of the tech they will put in place. I mean, we're, we're beyond that uh, by far. What we want to build and what attracts tech talent is something that has an impact on the global scale. I'm not saying, and just want to be cautious with that, insurance alone is not going to solve the issue of climate change at a global scale. But it will be a key contributor to how we make economies and, and societies more resilient to climate risk. Violaine, we've reached that time of this show now, the espresso round, where the questions are short, sharp and, and to the point there. So are you ready for the espresso round? Yes, I am. The espresso round. What one piece of advice would you have for senior executives coming to interview for you? Always think about how you will bring your purpose to life. And we don't want purpose, and we've been talking about purpose a lot here, to be any theoretical concept. We want it to be core in everybody's day-to-day jobs. When you've been interviewing people, what's been one of the worst things you've ever seen or one of the the worst answers to a question you've ever heard? I don't think there is any bad answer to, to a question. And usually people who really don't have a fit don't make it to the to the final stages of the of the interviews. <laughs> yeah, ensuring there is a good fit is, is really, really key in what we do and our recruiters, talent recruiters team is very attentive to that. Looking across to insurance market, insurance companies, what recommendations would you have for other people in senior HR positions as best practice for hiring exceptional talent like you're looking to achieve there at Descartes? I need to insist on the at Descartes. We hire people from the top universities worldwide and we are very demanding when it comes to technical talents that, that we hire. And that being said, we also value diversity a lot and having a variety of angles on the topics that we're touching, especially the topic of climate risks and climate change, which affects all parts of the world, clearly benefits from having a wide variety of angles through which it is looked at. I think that's what we have been striving to build, an international workforce with talents from all across the globe and a diverse workforce in terms of gender equality too, 
and making sure we have a good proportion of female talents in our tech teams. We have a, around one third girls within the cats, which in the tech space is something we're very proud of. And of course, we want to uh, go further. And how are you using technology yourself in that hiring process? Uh, you know, you're clearly recruiting right across the world. How do you use technology? What are some of the tools that you use as part of the hiring process? It's a very human thing by nature, right? So we don't want it to uh, we don't want to make purely tech based. Obviously, we do use tech tools to uh, streamline the recruitment process and make it as easy as possible. And we do use tech tools to uh, make ourselves as visible as possible in the markets where, where we recruit. But at the end of the day, it's it's a human process. And uh, there are things that tech won't replace. And the human fit with the people we recruit is one of them. That's certainly music to my ears, uh, Viola, <laughs> for sure. People such a key element of the whole, whole process, particularly when you're hiring for per-person culture. A final question in the espresso around, Violaine. What's the one lesson your job there has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? I think we learn lessons every day. I could write a book about everything we, <laughs> we learn. If there is one thing I could say is we need to walk the talk. We need to um, to build our culture around strong values that are inclusive at the same time. If you want your culture to be a driver for everyone, yeah. you need to make sure you build it in an inclusive manner. That's the only way you'll be able to earnestly walk the talk in your daily action. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us in the Insurance Coffee House Day. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. Before we leave, though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And there's anybody at the moment who's out there who's thinking about a new opportunity that really sort of passionate about climate risk and the impact that they can have in making a difference to this solution. What would you say are the opportunities of working with you? Why would someone, obviously, with that passion, come and join Descartes? Contact us. We are hiring. We are passionate about climate. We are international. Do contact us if it's something that you show interest in. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us today. Really wishing you all the very best with Descartes and you know, seeing how plans do go and how you do grow over the next couple of years. It'd be great to have you back on the show sometime in the future to see how things are going. Thanks, Nick. Great pleasure, Sheb, and uh, looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.